Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swam, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn, and I am joined once again by the wonderful Alex Farling. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Connor. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing amazing. If you haven't listened to previous episodes we've done with Alex, I'll try to fit everything you've done into the next few sentences. You owned an MSP for 16 years, you built and sold Lifecycle Insights, and you are now the co-founder of Empath. Uh, you're bald. You like to mention that a lot. And you didn't get sunburnt on your last trip to Costa Rica. All of those accomplishments. That's it. All accomplishments <laughs> accounted for. My resume is up to date. I think I actually saw your resume. Yeah, the other day. So I wanted to make sure I got those last two things in there. No, no, no. Don't go telling Wes that I'm job hunting. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. I'll text. I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of those texts. I'll make sure I put that, <laughs> okay. uh, put that to bed. One thing you and I talk about a lot is the MSP industry because we serve it. But more importantly, we sit on the vendor side. We're an MSP at one point, now you're not. And so we kind of get the ins and outs of the industry complaints about things sometimes that we agree with, but also that we have much different perspectives on. Yeah. It's amazing sitting on this side of the fence, how much my, uh, my perspectives have changed. I always say, do not attribute malice to action when ignorance will do. And ignorance has nothing to state about ability or intelligence. It's just flat out, there is way too much to know at, a, at any given time. So... Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. And, uh, the, the fact, the point that vendors don't understand their MSP customer, I think is, is, has never been more transparent than it is today. Um, you know, the bigger the vendor gets, the more they forget what it's like to be a startup. Some of these vendors have never been startups, right? They've just doubled up startups when they got big. So there's a big disparity between the maturity of, uh, a hundred billion dollar conglomerate or, or bigger, right? A, a billion dollar conglomerate. Uh, with a thousand employees or two thousand employees, then between the three to five to seven person startup that is an MSP. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, there's trade offs that you get with all of it. With this, these larger enterprise folks, uh, you get usually a name. Some, hopefully, you're gaining stability, uh, not only with the product but with the company itself. But then, if you're trying to work with a startup, as most MSPs actually really enjoy doing, you get catered to in a way you're not used to, or you get white glove service when otherwise you wouldn't. Or a lot of times as uh, is now apparent to me, it's like me being the CEO of Finn, I would show up and they're like, oh, oh my God, you're showing up. It's like, I got anything better to do. So like, <laughs> I'm talking to my customers here. What's, what's better than that? You know, when I, when I sold my first customer at Lifecycle Insights, I sure as heck wanted to, wanted to coddle that person and give them all the attention they could possibly handle and probably more than they could handle. Right. And, but you know, one of the things that's, that's different and the, for the MSPs on the call, this will really resonate. You know, every one of your customers, you probably know, know their kids' names, where they play sports, um, where they go to church, but you know a lot about these people. And as a vendor, that's not the case. Lifecycle Insights, when we sold it, had 1,100 partners. I felt terrible when I realized I couldn't know them all. It was a real culture shock for me to go, I just, I don't even know who all of my customers are. So it's just a different world and it's hard for MSPs to understand because they've spent so much time in their world where they've got 45 customers. They know them all. They know most of the people at those customers. Um, you know, a lot of them, when they were, they were talking about the MGM attack, they're like, I don't have to worry about that. I know my people when they call in, I hear their voice and I go, yep, that's Sally. 
And if I really needed to know something, I could ask her, you know, well, what, what did you wear to church on Saturday? Right. And I would know who she was. So, you know, it's just a different world when you have 1100 partners and they really, unfortunately, become a little more transactional than the relationship that an MSP has with their customer and the relationship that an MSP really wants with their vendor. Yeah. You bring me to a point that I've started to make and uh, hopefully, you know, try to help other vendors with is as MSPs, you serve people that are almost exclusively a part of your community, unless you're this larger MSP or you're a franchise or whatever. But for the most part, you're serving people you went to school with, like you said, people you're going to church with, your kids go to school with their kids or their friends or they're on the softball team, whatever it is. So like in you my have case, this- I served the Catholic school that I went to from fifth to eighth grade, right? Exactly. And the it's, principal used to be my science teacher. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually people that you have um, a somewhat intimate relationship with. It's figureheads in your community. You take pride in, there's a, there's a ton of pride in that school. In your case, that school gets, gets to have quality cybersecurity and IT because I show up to do my job and I'm yeah. guaranteeing that it'll happen for them. But then when you go to the vendor side and I'll just go from Finn's perspective, we're not limited to the community that I live in. And I live in Delaware. It's a, it's about as small as communities get. Do you so, remember though when your first international customer signed up? I do. I actually yeah. do. I remember when my first customer signed up as well. And there you go. you'd hate this because you know you're you're a guy that preaches on sales. They said, All right, we'll buy. And I go, Are you sure? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying yeah, victory from the mouth of defeat or defeat from the mouth of victory. Yeah. I just like uh my dad would always tell me, as soon as you know you have the votes, just stop talking. Just That's take right. the vote. That's and, right. uh I like to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yes. That's, yes. that's the thing. It can be done. I remember when our first customer signed up from South Africa, which I went, oh, wow. They, yeah, right. They speak English down there. Yeah, they could use our platform. Holy cow. And that was a, that was a moment for me. And then we had, you know, customers from Australia and all over the world sign up for our product. And it was really humbling. I didn't know these people. I was probably never going to meet them. I doubt the guys from South Africa come to hang out at IT Nation. So, you know, we had customers who we were legitimately never going to meet. And it's just a different relationship at that point. It is. I guarantee you went right to your WordPress website and you uh, backspace, 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 a multinational IT service for fun. <laughs> the fact that you think I know how to log into WordPress, I'm going to take it a compliment. But, uh, but not yeah. that guy. Not, not that, that guy. guy. I, I, I do not have that skill set. And for that reason, I do not own those passwords. So. You've been a part of an MSP, you've been a part of a vendor, you've been a part of an acquisition, you're now starting another vendor. How should, how should vendors and MSPs approach what is essentially, I have a different, I have a different set of criteria for my relationships on the MSP side of the vendor saying, I have a different set of criteria for my relationships and how I'd like to be treated and also treat you. How yeah. should it be approached? It's kind of like marriage, right? At some point, we're both going to have to settle and it, we just have to settle in a place where both of us can be happy or we should agree to go our separate ways. Um, some vendors are really making big changes. Um, I like to think that all the noise we made at Lifecycle Insights had a little impact on that, but maybe that's just my ego. In fact, most of what we do at Lifecycle Insights, we stole, or what we, what we did at Lifecycle Insights, we stole from Huntress and from Synchro, right? There was a time when Synchro ran and asked me anything every single week on Facebook. Like it was a live stream. You could come out, you could click on a link, you could join it. A couple of girls would sit there and walk you through Synchro and you could just throw random questions at them and they would answer them. And I went, that really feels like a relationship. Like they'll, they'll talk to you. They engage with you. The people that come every week, they know them. We should do that. So we stole it. Lo and behold, they stopped doing it and we kept going and pushed and expanded it. I would argue that Lifecycle Insights reputation was built on that. 
And the fact that you're seeing other vendors do these kinds of things. I know Roost runs a runs one every Friday. Like, and there's a lot of other vendors that are at ScalePeds doing it one for every product throughout the week and then one on Friday. So they're really you're watching vendors make moves to be more accessible. So if you're an MSP and you're not paying attention to that and you're kind of working with your vendors and not looking at what's around you, I'll say, if you're not happy, go look for one that, ha- that has more to offer. But also encourage your vendors to come meet you where you are. Um, one of the ways that a vendor can remove friction with, her, with their customers is just hang out with them, right? Virtually, just like you and I are hanging out. Hey, buddy, what's going on? What hurts today? How can we help? How can we be easier to work with and a better vendor for you, right? Rob Ray's superpower is going, show me where it hurts and I'll go beat somebody up and make sure the problem never comes back. Right. And uh, unfortunately, it turned into people going to, to LinkedIn or to Facebook and going at Rob Ray. Hey, come help me solve my problem. But but his superpower is making vendors more frictionless to work with. And it has been incredibly valuable to his career, but to the relationships of, you know, Datto partners everywhere and, and their relationship with Datto and now to Pax8 partners everywhere in their relationship with Pax8. So there are companies out there and there are people out there who will enable those relationships. Go look for them and find them. But I think what you'll find is that more and more vendors are seeing who's successful with that kind of relationship. And they're realizing, hey, we need to do this to stay competitive. Yeah. And so keep an eye out for those vendors that are that are coming to the table. I live and die by the statement that not talking to customers is a symptom of horrible priorities, not a symptom of being busy. Whether you're a startup, whether you're an enterprise, thousands of employees or an MSP who's large or small. You're not talking to your customers. Somebody's doing it for you. And that's not what you want. So we did Friday office hours as we were building Lifecycle Insights. And we needed that. We needed feedback from our customers because I needed to know what feature do you need me to build? What feature do you need me to build? What feature do you need me to build? And when 10 voices said, hey, we all need this, we went and built that. Because we ran out of ideas for what we thought we were going to build in about 20 minutes and uh, and needed to build a whole product instead of just a couple of features. So that was that's what started Friday office hours, but our Tuesday call or our Tuesday or Wednesday, I forget what day we did it, but once a week we did a group onboarding. And it was Chris Weiser that uh, that beat me over the head with this one. And I said, uh, you know, it wasn't that I said I was too busy. It was a, you know, I can't do onboarding for a bunch of customers all at the same time. They have different problems, they have different platforms, they come to us with different solutions. Like we that just doesn't work. And he goes, You're a small company and you're bootstrapped. Eventually you're gonna gonna run out of money and you're not gonna have time to one-on-one every customer for four or five, six calls to get them up to speed on a complicated platform. So get over your self-righteous snowflake and realize that if you don't do group onboardings, you're going to be in trouble. So we did. We started doing group onboardings. And guess what? They were so popular that we had people show up. It was a four-week course. We had people show up for that four-week course three times. So they'd watch the first four weeks, then they'd come back four weeks later and four weeks later, and they'd stay with us for a whole quarter. And it was because they felt like they were building a relationship with somebody who could answer their questions and they were getting that relationship that they felt like they needed from an MSP, uh, from an MSP perspective. That was a vendor who actually cared about them. Even though we had shoved them into a group onboarding and we're doing this one to 10, one to 12, one to 15 people, um, they felt like they cared. They felt like we cared about them. And we did. I mean, we, we cared about them, but it, it wasn't that we cared about them more than the folks at the big vendors. We were just more accessible. And when I went to trade shows, people would literally come up to me and say, can I take my picture with you? And that's a little weird. And you, you kind of cock your head and look back at him. And then it's like, oh, he's been on 47 Zoom calls with me. He's always had his camera off. So I don't, I recognize the name when I look at his badge, but I don't see the face and go, I got to go take my picture with that guy. But, but we're friends. Like we talk in chat all the time and you know who this guy is. And that built so many relationships for us that I think um, it was super powerful for us. It was, it was amazing for us at Lifecycle. 
And it's stuff that we're starting to see some other vendors do more and more of. And I couldn't be more proud to have been one of the vendors who kind of pioneered that, even though we admittedly stole it. Or it's even weirder when somebody watches the entire body of works that is Alex Farling online or on YouTube talking about Lifecycle Insights or whenever you were making content. And they're like, oh, I've watched everything you've put out. I feel like I know you. You're like, I oh. want to pay for that guy to get a hobby, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they do. They they feel like they know you. They know your your sense of humor. They know your quirks and your tics, and um, and you're like, okay, Bob, my name's Alex. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. to meet you for the first time. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time somebody came up and like, I watched the whole demo that you put on YouTube of your platform, and it was awesome. I'm like, that was a a 38 minute demo. You watched all of it. They're like, yeah, every minute of it. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you didn't need to do that. Uh, you've already spent way too much time with me. Like, go right. to the next booth. You don't need to talk <laughs> with me. It's weird. It, it is weird. But I think as as vendors who work with hundreds and thousands of customers, we have to realize that um, we can't sit up in our ivory tower and assume that we know what our customers are going through. We don't. Um, we don't remember what cash flow was like when we had five people to feed and, uh, you know, 40 customers to pay for it all. We don't remember what it was like to not have investment or capital behind us or big team to work with or any of that. So we have to go out of our way to go back to remember our roots and remember what it was like to be that small, scrappy startup because MSPs can live as a small, scrappy startup for a decade. Just because they've been around for 15 years doesn't mean they're bigger than 10 people in a million and a half bucks. And as a software platform, we would consider ourselves a failure if uh, if we had 40 customers and you know, 10 years in. Uh, but some MSPs, that is their lifestyle business. And it's it's a very pr- profitable one that, that does pretty well by them. Yeah, and so, I think, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just a different world when you're supporting a thousand customers and or fifty thousand customers or fifty. I I always made the statement. I believe it was with uh, I was talking with Ray Orsini about this first. Is that your customer will always be closer to the business than you ever will be. You'll always be closer to cybersecurity than they will. So yeah, that's probably fair. It's usually where a lot of the friction in the relationship comes from. Is uh, is that customer thinking about putting food on their table for the next three months versus upgrading their cybersecurity stack or are you doing are you making the same calculus if you don't make this sale if you don't agree to what the customer wants you're gonna have trouble doing that it's a yeah. whole different world to be in but it's the same for the msp right they're going to their customer and going please buy this product this widget this gadget so that you can be more secure and they're probably worried about the customer being more secure more so than they are um you know selling the widget making their extra 49 cents a month per per user or whatever it comes out to be most msps are in this business because they really want to protect and secure their, 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 their communities, right? They want to help their communities. Their customer is over there doing the calculus going, well, if I don't buy this, I can go on vacation I can do a thing. And we used to have the conversation at my MSP. Like I can't care about his network more than he does. And those were real words that my, my account manager used to say to me on a semi-regular basis. And, you know, it's that balance between how do I get him to care as much as I do? And then realizing that I just can't get him to care that much. So at some point I have to throw up my hands and go, and uh, now it's time to decide whether or not this is a customer I can do business with. And that relationship doesn't really change when we go upstream one more notch and become that bigger vendor who's working with an MSP who we're trying to sell them our widget and trying to make them more secure and trying to make them better. And they're trying to figure out, do I still get to take a vacation with my family? Like, what is, how does this impact my business? Did I raise prices enough last year to be able to include this this year? You know, they're, they're doing all that calculus the same way that we are. You know, you, you brought up the statement of... um you know, what are the expectations that software vendors versus the MSPs are going to have? And I always make the statement is being an entrepreneur is not the same thing as being a small business owner, nor is the sacrifice and the outcome the same. Like 
you want to sacrifice and you want to go full bore and you want to get all, you want to go all out and get it as an entrepreneur, like build this huge, massive company. That requires a lot. It requires your time, your effort, your energy, your focus for years on end with no promise of opportunity. But like you said, you want to operate at marginal profitability. If you want to be a smaller MSP who has that stable of clients that you know are going to be there day in, day out, and you take a lot of pride in serving them. That's great. That's exactly what you want. You got to know as the MSP, does your client want to be a bigger business or do they want to be, you know, who they are today? And do they just enjoy the fact that they're a small business owner and they serve people? There's a whole other podcast to be had about speaking in the language of your customer and understanding their goals and their business and, you know, building your relationship around their goals, their business, their language and understanding that customer. That is incredibly valuable. And I think it's probably a lesson that vendors could learn to make sure that we talk to our MSP partners about that. You know, what's your goal? Do you want to buy three more MSPs next year? Or do you want to you know, be a million and a half dollar company that lets you go to a couple trade shows a year and drink buddies, drink beers with your buddies and play with nerd toys? Both of those things are real and they can exist. Um, and then MSP isn't right or wrong to choose either one. Uh, it just depends on where they are, where they are in their life. Depends on where they are and what they want. Make yeah. sure you're not lying to yourself. That's True it. story. That's all I would say. There's nothing wrong with either. Make sure you really want it. Awesome. Yep. And I tell everybody that the, the best day of my life was, uh, was when I sold the, uh, sold the MSP. It wasn't for me. Um, not a cybersecurity guy by nature. And I never slept better than after I sold the MSP. The second best day was when I sold the snowblower to move to Florida, conversely. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's not made for everybody, but for those who are like as vendors, I think we have an obligation to understand the stress and the, the, the rough life that some of these guys go through, like the, the midnight phone calls and the, the, the really hard work that they put in and just be a little more accessible and a little more available to them because they, they really do a real service to our communities, kind of circle back to where we started this conversation. They do a great service to our communities and we would be in a much worse place without them. We would. It's uh, the talk that Jason gave is MSP suck, but the world without them sucks more. I love that. It's a great I, statement. I haven't heard that talk, but I feel like I need to. I feel like everyone should listen to that for sure. If folks wanted to learn more about you, if they wanted to connect with you online, where would you suggest they go do that? I can't imagine why anybody would. But if they did, Alex J. Farling at LinkedIn and uh, empathmsp.com. If you want to learn about what we're building over at Empath and how you might upskill your MSP and upskill the team that's involved over there. Awesome. For those of you listening or watching, we'll have links to all of that below or to the side above. I don't know where it's going to be, but we'll have them so you can connect with Alex and you can listen to him shout from the rooftops things that everyone probably wishes they would say. And uh, Alex just, uh, for whatever reason, lacks social graces or has the most social graces to say it out loud publicly. So we appreciate it. Sometimes things just need to be heard. Yeah, exactly. And said, and said. Thanks, Connor. It's been fun. It has uh, been a blast having you on as well. And uh, everyone, thanks so much for joining. Hopefully you got a little bit of wisdom out of that. And uh, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.